your Bibles and wave your Bibles around, make Jesus glad and the devil mad. And let's all say this together, even though we're online, maybe nobody's there to hear you say it, but you're hearing you say it. The devil hears you say it. God hears you say it. Say, oh God, I've tuned in to live stream tonight because I'm hungry for the word of God. I'm listening tonight with an open heart. I am teachable. I don't know everything. And I need to hear this message about receiving my miracle because I'm believing that 2020 is my greatest year yet. And so I'm determined to receive my miracle in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 8, if you would. And uh, this is one of the powerful chapters in the Bible. Verse 1. When he, Jesus, was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand. Notice how, what he did. Jesus put forth his hand and said, and touched him. He put forth his hand and touched him, and saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the, offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. So receiving your miracle. You know, a number of years ago, uh, God admonished me and he said teach what you take for granted <laughs> and I kind of looked at some of my messages that I was teaching at the time and and I, they were good messages and so forth but I, I can't say that they were that easily to understand I mean I gotten into some kind of uh, you know detailed teaching about different subjects and so I just I changed I, I just made an adjustment I started change I started teaching what I take for granted and I found out lots of people need uh, these basic truths and so these truths are not maybe not something new that you haven't heard before but it, if it, they aren't new then the, the truth will water what you already have and make it more effective and also you might be missing something in the things that I'm going to share with you about, about how to receive your miracle so let's talk about the setting tonight the setting is that multitudes followed Jesus after he came down from the mountain. And, uh, and so what was that mountain? Well, it's where he made the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Three chapters there that they spent, it's almost all in red, where Jesus preached to the multitudes. And he shared with them uh, truth about uh, God that they, they, they were astounded. In, verse, in chapter 7, verse 28, people were astonished at his teaching. They, because you, you, you teach us as one that has authority and not as a professor. <laughs> you know, I think that maybe that I had lapsed into maybe, maybe teaching like a professor. Well, you know, you know we, we need good practical Bible teaching that we can all process and put to work. And so, so Jesus was teaching them about their heavenly Father, about, about the Father God. You know, Jesus said, I only say the things I hear my Father say. I do the things that I see my father do he if you've seen me you've seen the father and so for 400 years uh, Israel had no prophet after Malachi until John the Baptist 
So this generation were ignorant about God. They were ignorant about their promises. They were ignorant about their covenant. And Jesus was showing them things that they had never heard. And yet there's no record of any one of that multitude receiving a miracle. You know out of a multitude, many had to have needed a miracle. Many had to have needed an uh, intervention by God. And there's no record of any of them having any help. But then it, it, it comes into this that we read tonight. One particular person came to him after he got down the mountain. One particular person who had leprosy. And uh, how was it that he received his miracle when a multitude didn't receive theirs? See, that's the thing. I mean, you know, we can come to church, we can listen and all of that, and we can still be without our miracle. So that's the point of teaching this tonight. Perhaps there would be one of my five. I've got one, two, three, four, five things to cover with you. One of these five is missing. Perhaps you're not going to get the miracle that you really need. So uh, one, out, one out of a multitude. And so everyone was astonished, but no one received their miracle. So what I see in this account is just four verses. It's amazing. But I see a Bible pattern that we can follow. And if we'll do what people did in the Bible to receive their miracle, I believe we can receive ours. <laughs> and so uh, five principles to receive your miracle. So let's talk about the leper. What did he do first? Well, the leper, first of all, number one, he positioned himself close to Jesus. The Bible says that he came through the multitude. And, he, and plus, he's a leper. So according to the Jewish law, he's supposed to say, unclean, unclean. He didn't do that. I mean, he came in violation of the law. And he drew near to Jesus. And he uh, overcame his fear uh, of stoning. And, uh, you know, and he drew near to Jesus. And some people are never received their miracle. Why? Well, because they're in the wrong position. They're, they're in the wrong church. They're in a church that's dead, that doesn't preach healing as for today. Or they, they preach that miracles passed away. There's still a lot of churches like that. Or perhaps they're, they have a wrong walk. They're not walking close to Jesus. They're not, uh, they have wrong thinking. You know, your thinking can sometimes hinder you from receiving like you should. Uh, you have to position yourself close to the Word and the Spirit. Jesus is the Word. And, uh, and so you have to position yourself close to the Word and the Spirit. Yes, I know if you're saved, the Spirit lives inside of you. But do you live near to Him? See, it's, it's two different things. I mean, He can live in you, but you're not really living close to Him. You're not walking close to Him. You know, the old hymn, just a closer walk with thee, <laughs> you know. Well, we do need to get closer to Jesus. We need a miracle. He's the miracle worker. Let's get close to him. Draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. So position yourself close to Jesus. That's what the leper did, all right? So the principle number one. Principle number two, what did he do when he got near to Jesus? He worshiped him. He fell down and worshiped him. See, worship. Well, it doesn't say he fell down. Well, the word worship means to prostrate oneself. So he did. He got on the ground. There wasn't anybody else on the ground. He got on the ground. And he worshiped Jesus. He said, Lord. See? So he recognized he was the Messiah. 
The word worship there in the Greek means to prostrate oneself. It means to kiss or to like a dog licking the master's hand. <laughs> Have you ever had, a, had your dog come up to you and you're not paying much attention, you know, and your hand's over here and all of a sudden you've got that warm tongue on your top of your hand and, and you know, what do you do? Well, you grab the dog and hug him and you, you respond. There's just something about that dog licking on you that makes you respond. And, and really God is the same way when we worship him. When we magnify him, he draws near to us. He responds to us. Jesus responded to this man, to this leper. And, uh, and so as he worshiped him, see, see, submit to, the, his, to his person and to his will. Uh, put Jesus in charge of how. Quit telling God how to fix your problem. You, you don't know. How, how to fix it. <laughs> and so, quit, quit, you know, put him in charge of how. Just, just, just trust him. Don't tell him how to do it. Just all this questioning and reasoning. Sometimes when we're in trouble, we just question and we reason and we, we sometimes even blame God. We, we, and sometimes, I mean, I've talked with people over the years that were in a lot of trouble. And a lot of times when I started asking questions, I found out they were blaming God. I said, well, how in the world are you going to get God to move for if you blame him for your trouble? <laughs> you know, you have to determine one thing and one thing right now. God is not the source of the trouble. <laughs> He's not the troublemaker. Uh, the troublemaker's name is the devil. And sometimes a troublemaker is us. <laughs> we can't even really blame the devil sometimes. Sometimes it's us. And, uh, you know, like the old World War II, uh, there was some graffiti somebody you know, wrote on the side of a tank. It says, I have seen the enemy and he is me. <laughs> you know, sometimes we are our own worst enemy. Uh, so, uh, questioning, reasoning, blaming, pouting, being frustrated. Amen. Uh, just worship him and put him in charge of how you're going to get out of what it is you need help in. Worship him. All right. And then the third thing I noticed the leper did is in verse 2, he spoke his faith. Now, there's nowhere in this account that mentions faith, but faith is demonstrated here because the leper spoke his faith. The leper said to Jesus, you can make me whole. Or you shouldn't say whole. You can make me clean. He didn't say whole. You can make me clean. So he had faith in Jesus' ability. Yeah, but pastor, he said, if you will, if you will. Well, that's right. He did not have total faith in Jesus' willingness. That's ignorance of the covenant. And who's that on? That's on the rabbis, the Jewish rabbis that he sat under. I mean, the Jewish rabbis let him have a, a, a leprosy. They never told him that leprosy was covered under the covenant, that they even have a whole thing where leprosy is healed and that he could be healed. I mean, leprosy is just another sickness. It is a terrible sickness. It's, it's terminal. It's a terminal sickness. But at the same time, they were not the answer. They had no answer for him. It basically, he's on his own. He's unclean. You've got to separate yourself. Go look for a leper colony and just be separate from us. Don't touch us. Don't bother us. Hey, you're, you're unclean. Hands off. And so we're closed. We're afraid of COVID. Put your mask on. Stay at home. Be safe. 
socially distant. Wash your hands 150 times a day. Come on, church. Let's, let's, get, let's get real. I mean, we're responsible for our, our uh, members' health, and, and, and we ought to be preaching the Word to them. If, they're, if they make the choice not to come to church, it ought not be because the pastor said don't come. The pastor ought to have the doors open. Come on, pastors, open your church. And so, uh, anyway, um, the Bible is progressive revelation. So in, in Bible days, they didn't have a lot of understanding about the devil's role in sickness and disease. And so they, they didn't know. The leper wasn't sure about the, the willingness of Jesus to do it, but he didn't doubt Jesus', Jesus ability to cure a terminal disease. That's some faith. He spoke his faith out. And uh, in Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So if he's not taught about the willingness of God, then he can't have any faith about God's willingness. That would have been presumptuous on his part. He was being humble. And so, but we know better than that because we know that God's word is his will. And we see that Jesus said, I will. He reached out and, and touched uh, someone with a communicable disease. He violated the law himself. <laughs> I tell you, God, people are more important than rules, especially religious rules. <laughs> I tell you, people are more important than, you know, the uh, county judge's rules and the, and the, and the different rules of uh, the mayor of Houston. Uh, they're they're non-essential as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and so faith cometh by hearing and hearing. All that we need. That's the reason I'm preaching this tonight. I want to build your faith. I want to renew your faith. Uh, all that we need has been paid for at the cross. So his, his willingness is already settled. I mean, how much more willing do you get than you send your only begotten son to die on the cross and at the same time to die for our sins? He, he takes our sicknesses and our diseases. In fact, later on in this same chapter, Matthew chapter 8, verse 17 that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and, and bare our sicknesses. And so what a powerful chapter this is. They didn't know all of that back then. They didn't know the willingness. They weren't, it wasn't preached to them. So just on the basis of him knowing about Jesus' ability, Jesus reached out and says, I will. He settled it just like that. I will. Didn't spend a long time. Just said, I will. Touched him and cleansed him of leprosy. Praise God. So, appropriate your miracle with faith-filled words. Let's, let's start claiming our healing. Let's start claiming our, uh, our finances are in order. Let's start claiming that our needs are met. Let's start speaking in line with the word. All right, so we've covered three of these uh, principles. First of all, the Position yourself close to Jesus. Don't just realize he's living inside of you, but live close to him. Number two, worship him. Put him in charge of the how. And number three, speak your faith. Number four, we'll get to this one. What I noticed about this leper is that he asked for the impossible. <laughs> he said, Lord, you can make me clean. And notice he didn't say, this leprosy, as I said, it's incurable. There is no known cure. And he didn't, he didn't say, Lord, you can give me the strength to cope. You can give me coping skills. 
Lord, I've been praying the serenity prayer. Do you have the serenity prayer? Why don't you tear that thing down, throw it in the fireplace? I mean, that's not a Bible prayer. That's a goofball unbelief prayer that's not based on anything but theories. I mean, the serenity. Are you kidding me? If he'd have prayed the serenity prayer, that's probably what he would have got. Yeah, okay, I'll give you strength to, to die with leprosy. You'll, you know, just die. You'll live a long life, but you'll be miserable. No, he didn't ask for that. He asked to be clean. And I'm convinced if he could have had enough faith to be made whole, Jesus would have made him whole. <laughs> you know, because leprosy had already eaten on this man. And leprosy is a destruction of your flesh. And many of these folks, you know, they lose fingers, they lose toes, they lose, they lose, uh, they lose parts of their face, lips, nose, soft tissue. Uh, no doubt uh, he had destruction. He could have been made whole, but he didn't know to ask for that. So he asked to be made clean. And Jesus cleansed him. And so... Uh, he, he didn't ask for a leprosy support group. He didn't. He, look, listen, my point is, faith looks impossibilities in the face and laughs. Come on, let's, let's quit messing around with, with some kind of low thing that, that uh, can, some low bar request. Let's ask for the impossible. Let's ask for the real thing that we really, really, really need. And most of the time, a miracle means you need a big thing from God. Quit being worried about whether he wants to do. He wants to meet every need you have. He's already proven that with his word. So uh, faith asks for the impossible. Praise God. With man, it's impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. And the Bible says all things are possible to he that believes, to him that believes. Are you a believer tonight? I believe you are. Amen. And uh, in the last one, this very interesting, found in verse 4. And so, and immediately, verse 3, immediately his leprosy was clean. I mean, he was cleansed that moment. And then Jesus said something very curious to him. He said, see, you tell no man, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Unto who? Unto the priests. Unto the hoity-toity religious crowd that hasn't done their job. The backslidden ministry. The ministry that's been preaching to you that miracles passed away. The ministry that's been preaching to you that God, God the age of miracles has passed. See, there's still, there's still religious people like that today. And, uh, and I tell you what, God is in the place right now of rebuking some of these leaders because they ought to know better. They have the same Bible I do. They have access to the same information that I have, and it's changed my life. Why hasn't it changed theirs? Because they're in, infected with unbelief. That's why, and they spread it like a virus from their pulpit. Pastor, you sound so mean. Well, I'm just, you know, I am tired of religion. And so was Jesus. Jesus was rebuking the religious crowd with this miracle. So I'm, I'm just following along what Jesus did, you know. So he said, offer the, the sacrifice that Moses commanded. So in my Bible, it's got a little letter out there, the gift, and it's, it says Leviticus 14. So if you've got a study Bible, you would be able to go back to Leviticus 14 and read what this, what this is. So I'm going to go back to Leviticus 14. And uh, 
And this is the sacrifice that, that Moses commanded. Verse 4, that the priest uh, will take for him that is to be cleansed. He's to take two birds alive. And he's to take uh, and, and clean and cedar wood alive and clean. The birds are alive and clean. Cedar wood. See, the birds, okay. Cedar wood, scarlet, and hyssop. So this is symbol, symbolic. You've got two birds. You've got a, a sacrificial bird, and then you've got the bird it is that's going to be set free. So he says, the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. Now that bird represents Jesus, the death of Jesus, our sacrifice. He was our substitute. Now you've got a living bird, see, in this in this in this whole uh, practice that they would do in the Jewish law. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that the priest he went and showed himself to had probably never performed one of these rites. He had probably never seen anyone cleansed of leprosy in his whole life. And so he wasn't even, he had to go back and read his Bible and find out how it worked. He probably had never even performed one of these rituals before. But look how the ritual is. So now what have you got left? You've got a living bird. And you take it, see the other, the other bird has been killed over running water, living water. And then, the, and then you've got the living bird, you take it in the cedar wood. What's the cedar wood uh, stand for? The cross. And you shall dip them and the living bird and the hyssop. What is hyssop? That's your confession, that's your mouth. The hyssop is a plant, you know, but, but it stands for speaking. And so you take the hyssop and you get, take the cedar wood and the scarlet, of course, stands for the blood of Jesus. Dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed. And then sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed uh, from the leprosy seven times and pronounce him clean. So you take all that with the hyssop and you sprinkle it. Well, we, we sprinkle ourselves with the, with the word of God. We sprinkle ourselves by the blood of Jesus on, a, on, our, on our flesh. And so then the living bird is let go. Well, what does that signify? The, the person with the leprosy is free. He has no more uh, uh, obligation to run around saying he's unclean. He can resume, resume normal life and normal activities. He's been set free, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Just look at the Jewish law as a type and shadow of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. So Jesus said, now you're clean. Now go back to the priests. Make them go through this whole thing and let them know that you met, you, you met the author of that, of that, of that rite that, that they're practicing over you. <laughs> <laughs> I met the Messiah that, that, that did this. I've already been clean. You don't have to make me clean. I'm already clean. I'm just going to go through the, the motions just to make it legal. <laughs> oh, I tell you, you ought to lift your hand on that because it's already happened. We're not, we don't have to wait for some religious rite. We don't have to wait for some religious guru or anybody else to declare us healed or free. Uh, we already are free by the blood of the Lamb. And uh, we can appropriate that. The hyssop is our speaking about it. We are free. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And so I, you know, I, I challenge you to look at the five uh, principles that I shared with you and see if there's anything missing uh, in this, the greatest year yet. Because 
God wants you to have all of his greatest blessings in this year. He, he, uh, he gave us a challenge. He laid down, as it were, the gauntlet last September and said, you know, you're going to look back on 2020 and say, this is my great, my goodness, this is the greatest year of my life. And for that to happen, that means that you uh, have to have miracles. So let's get busy and let's get every miracle that we need to fulfill what God said. Amen. We love you and praise God for you. Hallelujah. I trust that helped you tonight.